Get your Bibles out and go to Matthew, Hebrews chapter 5. I have, a, I have another announcement, one more. I got a hold of uh, Profeto today, or he got a hold of me. We are starting in this church a security team. And what I'm talking about is licensed security officers. If you want to be a licensed security officer, um, it's, there's a fee to it. You've got to pay to get your license. The church will, will flip half that bill for you because we're going to use you. You said, I want to be used, and they, I think that church is using me. We are. We use people that want to be used. So one of the things that I believe in strongly is, is let's fix a problem before it happens. I, I don't want a, a fight in the church. I don't want a gunfight. I, I don't ever want to see it. And we won't have one in the name of Jesus. One of the biggest deterrents is to stop the fight before it happens. People who shoot up churches are cowards. If they walk in and see armed security guards, they will go somewhere else. So that's one of my goals. I want to do it to where there's a presence in the church. And I think that we owe it to the people of this church to know that when you come in, you and your family are safe. And so what we're going to do is the ones of you that want it, we're, you're going to be trained. And it's extensive. There's a lot of training. But now you get to go and... Work on the weekends if you want to. Go someplace in Walmart and be a security guard. So, and you get to carry your, your, your handgun where we can see it, and then, we can, then I'm going to train you, glory to God. I'm going to make sure you can hit what you're shooting at. I don't believe in none of this slinging lead mess. And so, all right, so that's the, those are the announcements. Band of Brothers, if you're a vet, uh, I want to hear from you because I want you to I want to hear from you at the Band of Brothers. I want you to, I have something I want you to do, so go so get with me. Um, I told you, Hebrews, yeah, that's where we're going. I want to tell you where, I like to tell you where my sermons come from because a lot of times they, you know, they all come from God. I have never been one to go and get one out of a book. I did once, it <laughs> didn't work very well. And I had a guy say something to me, he said, you got that out of a book, didn't you? I said, yeah, he said, don't ever do it again. Um, Sermon's called Where Is Your Compass? And I want to talk about morality in the church today. I want to talk, I want to talk about um, what Kenneth Copeland called truth being preached. The other day, I was, uh, someone sent me a, a video of um, Kevin Zaddy, is a prophet, on Sid Roth. Now, I'm, I, 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 I take these guys with a grain of salt because... Anybody can prophesy after the fact. Thus says the Lord, there's going to be a problem with, you know, that's that kind of thing. And we get a lot of that. I want to hear the guys that are prophesying like, like Kim Clement who prophesied Trump's name before, anybody, before he even knew he was running. Now that's, that to me is like, I think that was God. All right. So Kevin Zaddy, when I listened to him, I thought to myself, now he's not your normal uh, guest speaker. There's something more to this man than meets the eye. So I did a little checkup on him. And I found out that he is licensed and ordained through Jesse Duplantis. I thought, well, that's pretty credible. Not incredible, but that's credible. I want to know whether people are credible. 
And there's people I trust, people I don't trust. The next thing is I found he's a Ramograd. Now that says something to me because I know what that school's turning out. And uh, not a lot of liars come out of there. A few. We've got a couple of Judases running around, but not very many. So when he said that, he, he made a statement that Jesus took him to heaven. He actually went to a dentist a few years ago and died when they gave him anesthesia. He died and went to heaven. And Jesus talked to him for a while and sent him back. And that was like his first time of, you know, uh, he's only been in the ministry a few years. And uh, the Lord sent him back and said, I got work for you to do. Well, recently, uh, the Lord took him back to heaven and talked to him about the election and the next uh, 11 years in American history, which I thought was interesting. So after I heard him on TV, I, I bought all of his CDs and I sat and I listened to them. And he said something on the CD that resonated with my heart very strongly, and I know it to be very true. But I think that hearing him say it gave me the courage to do what I was already getting from the Lord. And he made a statement that Jesus said to him. He said, my church must get off of milk and on meat now. He said, I'm tired of the milk preaching, and I want my preachers on meat. I want my church on meat. Now, what is meat? Meat is, is um, well, let me tell you what milk is. Milk is faith in God. M milk is what God will do for you. Milk is grace. Milk is, you know, uh, uh, milk is me. But, 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 um, but meat is is you serving. Meat is you obeying. Meat is, is you putting your flesh under. The meat of the Word of God is being a doer of the Word of God and not just everything's about me. And a lot of, lot of sermon, a lot of Christians, a lot of churches today are catering to people's flesh. They're using the Bible as a reference, but the, but the sermons are not doctrine. People are leaving church and don't know the Bible. They've been in church for years and don't know the Bible. And I learned something years ago uh, when I first got born again, one of my favorite foods, uh, I'm using that word lightly, was zingers and chocolate milk. Love zingers and chocolate milk. And I had it every day at break. And one day the Lord said to me, I want you to stop eating that chocolate milk. And well, I tell you, I said, oh, no, I, don't, I love zingers and chocolate milk. And then I wasn't fat. I was pudgy. There's a difference. Pudgy is when you're the Pillsbury Doughboy and you, you don't even have any muscles and you're fat. That's, you know, right now at least I have something under this layer still there. So, so when, I got off of, when I got off of Zingers and Chocolate Milk, one of the things that happened was after I fasted for a while, I, the Lord told me to fast. I, I hate fasting. I fast now every day till noon. I've, every morning I wake up, I fast until noon, and my body's getting used to it, but I, I'm still watching the clock. Okay. But I found out that after fasting for a while, I began to crave vegetables. But isn't that funny? And I mean, I would have never in my life dreamed that I would crave green beans and broccoli, but I began to crave good food once I got all the sugar out of me. The church... You're going, to have to, you're going to have to get off of the sugar preaching. Because right now you don't have any, you, your, your, your flesh is raging so bad, 
you have no desire for meat. Well, I don't say you, I mean the church as a whole. And so we're going to have to get off of it. And for the first time in my life, I've seen the church finally rise up and began, you know, getting sick and tired of, of what we're watching in our nation. And some of it I didn't even, I mean, I knew it was bad, but I know it was bad as, as it is. It's wicked to the core. Probably worse than we know. But, um, but having said that, Hebrews chapter 5, I want to read what, what Kevin said, and then what, this is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, verse 12, for by this time you ought to be teachers. He's not talking about being a five-fold minister teacher. By now you ought to be able to sit down and teach someone else the Bible. The average Christian can't do that. Most Christians can't do it. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and not solid food. Now, we're talking about the milk of the word is just basic grace, basic doctrines. And we still, uh, I still preach milk a lot on Sunday morning because of the crowd. I know you're going to get mad at me and say, you don't need to. Well, I'm starting to do meat Wednesday night because I need to really get you guys off of a lot of milk so we can start taking over Sunday morning. And the ones of you that are praying for revival, let me pop your bubble a minute. God is not coming down in a meeting and stirring the pot until the church repents. Repentance brings revivals, not God. God's not bringing, if God, God would have a revival every day of the week if he could. But the church is, is the one holding it back. And we've gotten so accustomed to milk that we're not even in a position to have a revival. Amen. Thank y'all. Let me, let me finish. Now, don't go quiet on me. I mean, I'll stop you right there and we'll go over. I mean, you really need to learn this. Because um, people who love God love truth. You go quiet, you've made an announcement in the room. Now let me say something else about truth. And I'm going to be a little strong here. Your kids need it. Do you understand? If, if, If your children are not living for God right now, and I'm not here to condemn you. Uh... Something's not right. And, and I'm going to take the blame for it. But don't pack up and walk out of a church when truth is preached because you don't need it. If you don't like the condition of your home and your family and your kids and your marriage, then let me preach truth. Don't sit there and go quiet on me like, ah, just suck it up and shout hallelujah anyhow. Walk by faith. Act like you're right with God if you're not. Because I'm believing that you are. I'm believing for a move of God, and this is how we're going to get it, all right? Everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of God, in the word of righteousness. That means you're not doing it. You hear the Bible, but you're not living it. You hear about prayer, you're not praying. You hear about reading the word, you're not reading the word. I had a lady in this church not too long ago that I was talking to about politics. And her and I had a disagreement. And I, and I went to the Lord and I said, what do I need to do? Because I, I can see that she's not, you know, she's, she's, she's believed something that's not true. And I, and I started thinking, you know, she just needs some videos. She just needs 
some, you know, to see what's going on in America. And the Lord spoke to me real strong. He said, that's not her problem. Her problem is she doesn't even read her Bible. You, you, can't, you can't be as ignorant as people are and read your Bible. If you're reading your Bible, there's no way you are going left right now. You understand? You, you, if you're left, you don't know God. I didn't say you weren't born again. Now, that might be a shock because you can come to church and sing and shout and holler and run aisles and jump pews and not know God. I mean, Judas walked with Jesus. He didn't know him. All right. Am I getting too strong? All right. Everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a baby. You know, you can stay a baby for 80 years. Solid food belongs to those who are full age that who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. Now, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to work to be a doer of the Word of God. You, you know, I've said this many times. Vegetables are cultivated. Weeds are not. If you have good tomatoes in your garden, you did something to get them. They did not just appear. If you've got fruit in your life, you did something to get it. It doesn't just happen. And if you've got weeds, it's because you're neglecting what you're supposed to be doing and you're mentally assenting to the Bible and you're really not walking with God at all. Okay. All right. Uh, I want you to go to 2 Timothy 4. We've got a few scriptures to go to. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering, for the time will come. And I believe we're here. When they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, have itching ears, they'll heap for themselves teachers and turn their ears from truth and be turned to fables, be watchful in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, um, of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. He actually prophesied that a day is coming when people would actually get up on Sunday and go to church, but they're like, we don't want to hear it. I've actually had people say to me, pastor, we don't want to hear legalism. Let me help y'all with what the law is for. If you have kids that are sitting in church that aren't living right and they think they're saved, it's because they don't understand the need for Jesus. They don't even think they need a savior because they're sweet and they're not. And they might be sweet until they turn teenagers, and then they turn into hellions, and you wonder what happened. There's going to have to be, the, the law was given so we could preach it, not to keep it to be saved, but somebody would know, wrong, 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 wrong. Do you all understand that? And all of those things are punishable by death, and once a person gets a revelation, I need a Savior. That's when they come to an altar and get born again, and you as parents need your kids to have a personal experience with God. And they won't have one if they don't know they need God. 
Now, I understand that we're not talking about hell, fire, and damnation, and condemnation preaching, but we're talking about enough right versus wrong, and the moment we start talking about, well, that's wrong, you get antsy, and you get edgy, and you think God's not moving because you're not comfortable. That's a lie. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter stood up and says, you killed the Messiah, and they said they were cut to the heart, and they said, what do we do? There's a lot of times the Holy Ghost will say something to you, and it won't be nice. And I've had it happen, and people go, well, that's Daryl's double D personality. Well, it might be God. Right? Don't shout me down. Amen. Now, now let, let, let me finish reading this. Preach the word. Be ready in instant in season, out of season. Convince, rebuke. You know, there's a time... Uh, let, let me say it this way. I need to say it this way. The other day I was watching a video. I was watching Facebook because I was looking for stuff on Trump is what I was doing. And I came across a preacher and this preacher made a statement. He said, I'm so tired of my church fighting. Just, I want y'all to get along. And, and I wanted to Facebook him back and I didn't because I've been kicked off people's Facebook pages. Now let me explain something to you about inner fighting. If I've got two people fighting amongst each other, they need to learn to get along. But we're not talking right now about two people in the church fighting. We're talking about people raising their voice against immorality and wrong. And I think there needs to be a fight. All right? We're talking about, we're not, we're not talking about people, Trump versus Biden, we're talking about light versus darkness, and, and it's time the church rose up and started saying something so that somebody, you see, you understand, as long as the, as, as, the, as the left is screaming louder than the church, then the left, I don't care, what, I don't care whether they're right or wrong, they're, they're making more noise than anyone else. It's time for the church. You've got to start making some noise. And that's not fighting. Jesus wasn't fighting with the Pharisees. I can imagine Peter going, Jesus, really need to calm down and just get along. I don't think so. I remember when Paul got on to Peter in, in, in Antioch because he was talking, he was preaching heresy, and, and Paul said it split the church right down the middle, and they got in a knockdown, drag out fight in the book of Acts right in the middle of Sunday morning sermon over, over grace versus works, and Paul tore the church up. Because if Peter had his way, he would have destroyed Christianity, and he's one of the chosen by God. There's a time to raise your voice. That's not, inner, that's not two people fighting in the church. We're talking about doctrinal era. Are y'all out there? Did you go on? When you've got the corruption in this nation to the degree we're watching it, somebody in this nation needs to learn right from wrong. I mentioned the other day Black Lives Matter was, was a Marxist organization. I had people get mad at me. I didn't say Black Lives didn't matter. Black Lives Matter. I said the organization is Marxist. And I'm thinking to myself, does anybody have any sense? 
I mean, when you're shutting down a preacher because he makes a statement about, you know, and I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, you need to quit preaching on tithing. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> well, what book would you like for me to use? <laughs> Reader's Digest, maybe. We'll just start with, with a funny section in the comic books next week. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm being serious. I've, I've had people come to me and say, I want you to quit preaching on politics. I just don't think you should. And I said, well, you know, I can tell you where you can go to church next week, but it won't be here. The, the government's on Jesus' shoulders. The, the church was, the government of the United States was, came out of the church. All of our constitution was written out of the sermons preached during the Revolutionary War by the Black Road Regiment, which was preachers. Paul Revere was writing to the pastor's home, and all of those men that stood up that day, well, that was the church. And the Bible says God is a warrior, and if you don't like that, you know, I want you to ask me, answer me a question. Why do angels carry swords? Thank y'all for y'all's enthusiasm. Um, maybe they need it. Maybe God's insecure. Okay. I'm being a smart aleck a little bit, but it's okay. I'm trying to get your attention. Go to Revelation chapter 3. It's time for the church to get off of milk. And I'm talking to you and I. I'm talking to us. I'm not talking about just, I'm talking about anybody can, can just go along with milk and milk and milk. But, it's, but we really need to get off of it. And, and he made another statement, the Lord, and he said these words on the CD. He said, when the Lord said this, he was very firm. He was very stern with me. And he said, I'm done with lukewarm Christianity. Now, folks, if the head of the church is done with it, we might want to be done with it. Okay? It might be time for us to go back and go, the party was good, but let's, uh, I think we might want to open our Bibles back up, start living. Now, I'm going to make a statement to you because the Lord said this to me. Stop worrying about people's lives falling apart that are disobeying me. If they get sick, let them stay sick until they find an altar. If their lives are falling apart, let them fall apart. In other words, I've always tried my best to help people, maybe too much. There's people you're going to pray for, and I got news for you. Nothing's going to change until they do. And he said to me, you, there's things you need to leave alone and quit trying to prove that the Bible's true. If everybody you pray for dies, we'll be due. Amen. This, is not, this book is true. There might have been some adjustments need to be made. And there are some people who have been in the church and they're still... They, they can't quote 10 scriptures. Thank you all. Okay, we're going to say hallelujah in him. All right. Revelation 3.14. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea, these things says the amen, the faithful and the true, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. I, uh, get, you know, get on fire or just freeze out. 
but, but since then, because you're lukewarm. Now, what does that mean? Why is that dangerous? Lukewarm people think they're right with God. Those are the people who don't do anything, but they go to church and they think that in itself means I'm right. It may not be. Oh, and I've been around long enough to have seen it. Because you're lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. That's a very, very strong statement for him to make to people he calls his church. Now, that would do away with Jesus loves me, this I know, for this, at least this group of people. He does love us. Can I ask you a question? Why do we blame cops when they pull us over? I had a man one time, and this is the, what I'm going to tell you is the truth, so help me God. He asked me on a, one morning, he says, why is praying in tongues not working for me? I said, I don't understand, but what are you referring to? He said, well, I was on the interstate, and a cop pulled me over, and I started praying in tongues, and he gave me a ticket anyway. And I said, where are you speeding? He said, well, Yes. And he says he gave me a ticket for not having the right tag on. I said, did you have the wrong tag on? He said, yes. I said, since when does praying in tongues override disobedience? I said, maybe you were praying in tongues and this is what you were saying. Catch me, catch me. Where do we get the idea that somehow or another you're going to pray in tongues and override your disobeying God? Now, you know, I got stories to tell you, and I, you know, some of them I can't because they still go to church here. I don't tell stories on people when they go here, but when I notice they're gone, well, you're in the book. But I don't tell anybody your name, so just, if you don't want me to tell your story, stay. (laughs) That's only half true. There is a little truth to that, but it's not totally true. Oh, me, I just, help me, Jesus. So then, because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Because you said, I'm rich. That sounds like an American church. I'm wealthy. I don't have any need anything. Don't you know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked? I counsel you to buy from me gold refined of the fire that you may be rich, and white garments that you'll be clothed when your shame of your nakedness not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you will see. And as many as I love, I do what? Three, more, three people. Give, see if I can get it up to six. As many as I love, I what? Rebuke. I rebuke. Are you serious? Could it be he actually uses the pastor to do that? Yeah. No, no way. That's actually part of the pastor's job. We're not talking about rebuking you as a person. We're talking about rebuking misbehavior. Let's go back to the cops now. A lot of blaming on cops, but I have noticed, just me personally, when I do the speed limit, I don't see them much. It's just a, it's an observation. I have also noticed that when you don't sass them, they don't put you in the car. And that's just me, but it's been working. Thank y'all. I have to tell you a story now because... You know, I'm preaching so strong, i got to make you laugh, and every once in a while, 
I was going fishing one morning, and my, my truck's GPS is insane. I mean, I was coming up I-4 one day, and I was trying to get to Kissimmee, and it turned me east on I-4 and took me up to an exit and turned me off on 441 and sent me to Kissimmee. I went, I, I turned it off, and I had a word with my GPS. I said, you, I said you've lost your mind. <laughs> so anyway, I'm down near Kissimmee, St. Cloud, and it's got me on a back road in the middle of slap nowhere. And so be, in order to get, finally to get to my fishing hole, I'm cruising well. I'm doing good. I'm doing around 70. Now, let me tell you something. When a cop pulls you over and asks you how fast you're going, don't lie. Don't go to hell for a speeding ticket. But I love COVID, right? And it was the day that I loved COVID. Because he got out of, he got out of the car. And I'm thinking to myself, there's nothing out here but cows. There's nothing out here but cows. Why are you sitting on the side of a road near pastures? And then I thought, well, maybe people like me. So I'm doing 70 and a 55. And he pulls me over and says, you know how fast you're going? I said, yes, sir. I said, I was doing 70. But he wouldn't get near my truck. And I said, you want to see my license? He goes, nope. I said, you want my insurance? He goes, nope. And I thought, God, I love COVID right now. I love COVID. <laughs> well, I slowed down. I did shoot a few fish that day. But, but not, I'm, I'm just telling you, I do get them occasionally because somehow or another I have this wild idea that if you're in the middle of nowhere and there's no cops around, but that's really not true. Some people don't have anything to do. Cops don't have anything to do. I think he's just sitting out there hiding. <laughs> and he saw me go like, boom. I might want to stop that guy, you know. And I had a boat following me too, so we were, well, I was really moving out. So I have been doing basically good. Pretty good. I believe in speed limit plus grace. I asked Tanya one day, I says, she said, she said, if you go nine, you're fine, but above nine, you're mine. I went, I'll remember that. So I ride down the road and I watch that thing, make sure it don't get over nine. <laughs> Never mind, I'm, I'm bad, aren't I? I shouldn't tell you all this. Now you know why I'm preaching on repent. All right. But I hate being late to my fishing appointment. The fish are waiting on me. Behold, I'm standing at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I'm going to come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I'm going to grant to sit with me on my throne as I overcame and sat down with my father. He who has an ear, you need to hear what the Holy Ghost is saying to the church. Now, listen to, listen to that statement. It's very important that you don't walk out here and go, did you hear what Pastor Morgan said? Don't do that. I want you to walk out and say, did you hear what God said? Because he's talking. He said it through the prophets. And uh, he's saying it right now. I want my church off of milk, and I'm tired of lukewarm, and I think it's time for us to make some changes, right? Go to Matthew 25 now. I want you to say bye-bye to the baby bottle. Bye-bye. I, 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 um, I told Lisa one day, I says, I want to do a skit, and I do want to do it, I, and I, I just... If you could tell me where I could get a, a baby buggy that, would, that I could fit in it. 
No, I'm serious. I want a real baby buggy that Lisa can push me in, and I'm going to lay that. I'm going to get me one of them little baby things in my face, and I want me a bottle about two feet long full of milk. And I want you to push me in, and I'm going to sit here and cry. So you'll know what you look like on Sunday morning. (laughs) You know, babies are cute, but not forever. There's a day when they, when you take that bottle away, that's a, that's a celebration day. Like, oh, and the next is that stinking little, now come on, it's it's called a pacifier, but someone called it a, a bingy. A binky. Get that thing out of your mouth if you're five years old. Get that thing out of your face. I see kids walking around with diapers on at five, sucking one of the things. I want to take him and mom out behind Walmart. (laughs) Well, we're having a night, aren't we? (laughs) But honest to God... Kenneth Hagin made a statement. He said, the biggest cry day in the church is when you take the bottle away from Christian and say, we're not, you're not on milk anymore. There comes a day when God will require more out of you. And he'll take your bottle whether you want to give it up or not. And then you'll want someone to do your praying for you, and he'll say no. You do it yourself or just do it without. Ain't lay hands on me in that church and nothing happens. I got point number two. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> wow. Not everybody. I mean, if you're really a baby, it, we, we think you're cute. We like it. Matthew 25, verse 1. And the kingdom of heaven is likened to ten virgins who took lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. And those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. And the wise took oil in their vessels and with their lamps. And while the bridegroom was delayed, they slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out and meet him. And all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. And the wise said, No. There won't be enough for us. You go to those who buy and sell and get some for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him. Those who were ready, those who were ready went with him. Those who were ready went with him. Those who were ready went with him. The church is not ready. The church is not ready. Jesus told Mary friend, my church is not ready for me. I think that there's going to have to be enough trouble for people to go, I think we need to get ready. I don't think we've seen it yet. They went with him in the wedding, and the door was shut. And afterwards, the other versions came and said, Lord, open to us. And he said, surely I say to you, I don't even know you. Watch, therefore, for you neither deny the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man's coming. There's something about you being ready. Um, if, if, if you're not even reading your Bible... Now, I'm talking to some people. And fellowshipping with God and obeying him, you're not ready. There's a whole lot more to being a Christian than you came to Jesus. Are you out there? 
there's something, um, I, I read this in class last night, and um, I'm going to read it again tonight, and everybody's going to be going, I want one of those books. Um, this is, this is um, I had to go get it from Justin because he stole it. I didn't go get it. I called him. I said, bring my book back. I want to I read something to you um, that we, and I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of not preaching on this. I, I'm guilty of, there's things that I haven't done, and I'm going to make some adjustments. The word is repent. Now, let me read. Um, before I read this, I'm, I'm going to read something to you. You don't need to go there. Um, Luke 15, verse 11. This is the story of the prodigal son. A certain man had two sons. The younger them, his father said, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided them both his livelihood. Not many days, the younger took off to a far country. And when he had spent all he had, severe famine in the land. And when he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him to the fields to feed swine, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swines ate, but no one gave him any. And when he came to himself, that means he finally had a revelation. This is stupid. How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? Now listen to what he says. I'm going to rise and go to my father, and I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and you. Now, do you know what repentance is? I have sinned against God. I have sinned against people. And I'm wrong. Now let me make a statement to you about repentance. You're never going to repent as long as someone else is your problem. That's why it says in 1 John, if you confess your sins, not if you confess your wife's sins. One of the things that we need to start hearing, I was wrong. I have people that I've known for 45 years. I've never heard them say it. I was wrong. You can't, repentance is when you come to the realization, he went to his father and said, I was wrong. He didn't blame his brother. He didn't blame his dad. He didn't blame God. Now let's, think, let's talk about this for a second. Let's, let's, un, let's go back in the garden and let's fix Adam's problem right now. Adam, where are you? I'm over here. Did you eat of the forbidden fruit? Yes, sir, I did. Eve, did you eat? Yes, sir, I did. Adam pipes up and says, don't blame her. You talked to me. You didn't talk to her. It was my responsibility to teach her, and I didn't do it. I mean, wouldn't that, wouldn't that have been a different story? You know what God is waiting on from some of us? I'm wrong. If the Bible says you're wrong, you're wrong. I mean, there's just, there's just some things we need to fess up. Well, are you, are you, are you, is he number one? No. Well, good. Now we're on a good, now we got a foundation to start with. Are you seeking him with all your heart? No. 
Well, now we got a part of the, well, what do you think you ought to do about it? Well, who's the problem? Me. Now, see, we we work with that. Why is your room a mess? I didn't clean it. Why? Didn't want to. Whose fault is it? Mine. I mean, I know you're going to fall out in the power right about now, but... But how did it really go? Adam, where are you? Are you did you eat it through? The, the woman you gave me. It's her fault and yours. And she's like, the devil made me do it. And Flip Wilson went, that's right. And if you don't know who Flip Wilson is, you, I don't know what's wrong. There's something wrong. They're bad, real bad, wrong. You know who Flip Wilson is? I didn't think so. Zach don't know who Flip was. Do you know who Flip Wilson is? Melanie Hayward, do you know who Flip Wilson is? Wilson, do you know who Flip? Oh, really? Find us a Flip Wilson video one day real soon. We've got to play it on a Wednesday night. Flip Wilson is the one that coined the phrase, the devil made me do it. Geraldine, Geraldine, he played Geraldine. I am not that old. Does anybody know who Flip Wilson is? Thank you. Oh, my God. I was thought, oh, man, the rest of you are going to go home tonight and go on. I don't even know if he's on, on YouTube. He might be. I saw some black and white movies on YouTube one time. That's actually there. So here this boy is saying, Father, I sinned against you and God. Now that's when the father, see the father goes, that's not the big deal right now. I think God's waiting on us. Now let me read another scripture to you and, and because I need to, I need to, I need to. Um, I think we're doing people a, a, a misjustice. In, in Acts 17.30, listen, listen to this. It says, truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all men everywhere to repent. Okay, Acts 20.21. 20, Testifying to the Jews, also in the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is preaching that this is what he preached. He testified to the Jews and to the Greeks that, that he preached repentance toward God and faith toward Jesus. Folks, you don't have any faith toward Jesus if you hadn't repented. As a matter of fact, if you're not repentant and obedient, you don't have any faith. My faith ain't working. Well, it might start with obedience. Now, now I'm going to read something to you now because I got Matthew 3, 2. He says, Jesus preached the kingdom of God is at hand, and he preached repentance in Matthew 8, and I mean 3, 8, and 3, 11, and 4, 17, that Jesus preached repentance. Jesus preached the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Turn. Turn. Okay. Now, I'm going to read something Rick Renner said here. It says, um, the word repent is a Greek word, and I, last night I didn't know it, and I still don't know it. It's a compound word that means meta and N-O-U-S, nuos or naos. The word meta means turn, and naos is the word mind or intellect, will and frame of thinking, opinion, 
opinion, or one's general view of life. When meta and nuance are compounded, the word depicts a decision to completely change the way you think, you live, and you behave. Now, how can I pastor you if we don't even agree that the Bible is the foundation of what I'm preaching on? I mean, let's go back to the lady that said to me one day that she didn't want me to preach on tithing. Really? I mean, do you not? I mean, I kind of think, and that's kind of a stupid thing to say. I'm, I'm, and, it, and it was stupid. If you're uncomfortable, that's, it's, not, it's not condemnation. It's called conviction, sweetheart. If, I, if you're uncomfortable not tithing, you're disobedient. If you don't like me preaching on, I mean, there's things people don't want to hear preached on. Why? I, I had a lady came to me one day, and this is this true story. And she said, Pastor Morgan, I, I really don't like you the way you talked this morning about abortion. And I said, okay. And what did I say that upset you? She said, well, I had an abortion, and I really don't want to come to church and hear about it. It reminds me of my sin." I said, okay. I said, do you think the girls in church need to hear it? She said, yes. I said, do you believe you're forgiven? She said, yes. I said, well, then suck it up, buttercup. You want me to stop preaching truth because it bothers you. It's not my fault you had an abortion, but if you're forgiven, then you're forgiven. Just get over it. I don't know how to handle when people come around and they go, change the sermon for me. Yeah, I don't know whether you know this or not. This is a tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy role in church. And we believe, we believe from cane to cane, from black to black, from front to back, and we preach all of it. <laughs> if it's in there, I'm going to preach it. And, and we don't have any favorite. We don't, we don't have, I don't have any chapters I'm skipping. I'm not going through the love chapter and go, when it's love and tongue, skip it. And skipping tongues, we're going to preach love and tongues and love again. We're going to preach it all. I, I have a friend that called me the other day, and he's a Baptist. And um, what was the guy's name that was the, um, the lawyer that he we're talking to? And, he, and this, this lawyer stood up in front of all these preachers. It's been about two weeks ago. And he said, all of you men who shut your church down, he said, if nothing changed, then you need to leave your church shut down. And you need to get a job at Walmart. Now, now this was Matt Staver. And so that the, the guy there was running for commissioner. And he turned to him and said, you need to let Pastor Morgan know about this guy. Now, why would he say that about me? Because that's kind of like the way I think too. And I said to him, I said, well, I want to ask you to ask your pastor would he like to swap pulpits one Wednesday? And I said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to preach in his Baptist church. Four things God can't do. I said, we'll talk about tongues. I said, ask him, can I come? I, pro- I haven't got a phone call back. <laughs> He's a good guy. But he turned to him and says, I think I like Pentecostals better than I used to. Because they're, right now... They're leading the charge right this minute. 
And I'm, I'm proud of Copeland. I am proud of Kenneth Copeland. I'm proud of Andrew Walmart. I'm proud that they're using the platform that God gave them to speak truth and not worry about what all the Christians in this nation think. Kudos to these men who are not cowering. Anyway, today, Jesus is still crying out to the church to repent of worldliness and carnality. It is a true, as is true in every generation, we have a choice to harden our heart and turn a deaf ear to the Holy Spirit or allow him to deal deeply with us and produce true repentance in your heart and your soul. Although Christ is always ready to transform his church, no true transformation can occur unless we're willing to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. And once we do and we have that divine message, we must be willing to respond with humble obedience. That's the key to revival. And you're not having one until you do. There is no way to walk with God without you reading your Bible. Because the Bible is the only book that's going to keep you straight. You're reading and going, oh, hallelujah. There is no decision you made yesterday that's working right now. You every morning, it's mercies anew every morning, but so is all the trouble from hell every morning. I mean, you got saved once, but that's salvation. You're going to need to renew that fellowship on a day-by-day basis with a word and prayer if you want to walk in fellowship with God. And if you start noticing that you have lost your love for the word and church, you are backslidden. Kenneth Hagin made a statement when I went to Ramey. He said, Sunday morning only Christians are backslidden. That was back when we had church Sunday morning and Sunday night. I don't know what he'd think about today. I am not your Bible teacher. Thank y'all for y'all's enthusiasm. Because if I was, you can just download all the teaching and just sit at home. Tell your kids that. Just say, it doesn't matter whether you ever come home or not. Just, you know, just I'll talk to you on Facebook. That won't work. Isaiah 30, go over there. How are we doing for time? Lordy, lordy. Isaiah 30. Now get ready because we're fixing to get real. We're fixing to dive in. The whole, we're going in the deep end right now without a vest. Are you all ready? The first person I ever heard preach this was David Wilkerson. I know people think he's, that man... I love that guy. Isaiah 30, verse 1. Are you ready? Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. I didn't say anything about the Democratic Party. And rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they're strong, but who who do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. Yet he is also wise and he will bring disaster and will not call back his words. He he will arise against the house of evildoers and against the help of those who work iniquity. Now the Egyptians are men and not God. The, the, The politicians are men. They're not God. Their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, both he who helps, both he who helps will fall. And he who is helped will fall down. 
and they will perish together. God delivers Jerusalem. Oh, I'm in 31. I'm, I need to be in 30. I need to go back. That was, that's, I got ahead of myself. Don't worry. 30. 30 verse 1. I'm, I, I jumped ahead to the next chapter. I, I got ahead of myself. I did that. Isaiah 30. Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel but not me, who devise plans but not my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who walk to go down to Egypt and have not asked my advice, to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh, to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore, the strength of Pharaoh shall be your shame. And the trust of the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. For his princes were in Zoan, and his ambassadors came to, came to Hanes. And they were all ashamed of the people who could not benefit them or be helped or benefit, but a shame and a reproach. The burden against the beast of the south. Through a land of trouble and anguish, for which came the lioness and the lion, the viper and the, fire, and the fiery flying serpent. They will carry their riches on their backs and young donkeys and their treasures on humps of camels to a people who shall not profit for the Egyptians shall not help in vain and to no purpose therefore I have called her Rahab him Shabeth great mouth braggart and now what he's talking about is the children of Israel went back to Egypt for help they had God now we got people right now they're more interested in the in the in a um vaccine than they are the Bible. They're more interested in what the world has to say on the news than what God has to say. He said, woe to those who go to Egypt for help. That's not going to do you any good. That's pretty strong. Now, now I'm going to read down verse um, 8. Now go and write before them on a tablet known on a scroll that it may be of our time to come forever and forever. This is a rebellious people. Lying children. Children who will not hear the law of the Lord. He who says to the seers, don't see. And to the prophets, don't prophesy right things. Speak smooth things. Prophesy deceit. Get out of our way. Turn aside from the path. Cause the Holy One to, from, to cease from before us. We don't want to hear it. I don't want to know about abortion. I don't want to know about homosexuality. I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me what the prophets are saying about the election. I don't want to hear it. Very dangerous. Jesus told uh, Kevin Zaddy, he said, I'm fixing to spit some people out of my mouth. That's pretty strong. Now, I'm basically trying to be done. One more, Isaiah 5. Turn over there, and I'll tell you a little bit about what he said later. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Right now, what's going on in this country has nothing to do with Democrat and Republican. I'm going to say something else. It has nothing to do with black and white. It does not. It might be an issue in it, and it's always going to be, as long as you've got people that are sinners. Right, right. Let me tell you what it's about. It's about right and wrong. Kamala already said that she's planning on legalizing prostitution. Yay, Kamala. 
I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't think I can sit around and just be quiet about that. Serious time, isn't it? Folks, it's time for us to, it really is time for us to pick our Bibles back up and start spending time getting drawn near to God. It's not okay just to say, I'm a Christian and I just kind of love the Lord and hallelujah. And we've been doing that for a while. I think it's time to get serious. He made another statement to Kevin, and, and I'm just going to mention it to you, and I'm not going to get into it tonight. But he, he opened up the book to Ephesians, and he went down all of the list in chapter 4, verse by verse. And he said, I want you to major on this. Stop lying. Too many Christians lie. Stop complaining. Too much complaining going on. I mean, Jesus went down the list with him and said, this stuff is going to stop. Love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, he went, I mean, we're talking Ephesians chapter 4, where Lisa and I have often talked about, you know, there's more to the book of Ephesians than chapter 1, 2, and 3, who you are in Christ. He's talking about us becoming obedient. Without obedience, there really isn't any faith. Is that too much? Do you all understand where we're going with this? Teach your children the Word of God. Don't wait on the youth to do it or the children's church to do it. And teach them yourself. Take them and sit down with them, open the Bible, and read it to them, and then teach them to read it themselves. Teach them to read it. Teach them who Jesus is. Teach them right from wrong. I mean, if they're old enough to throw a fit, they're old enough to be taught right from wrong. Anytime our boys would misbehave, Lisa and I'd take them in the bedroom, pull out a board of education, apply it promptly. We'd open up to the book of Ephesians and read children, and I'd make them read it. Children, obey your parents. So it'll be well with you. I said, do you want things to be well with you? Yes, sir. That's why I had to spank you. Now, you're going to sit right here, and you're going to ask God to forgive you, and then you're going to ask me to forgive you, and then when we get up and go in the living room, this is over. And if any of the boys say anything about it, I'm going to bring them in here, I'm going to whip them. Because once we've dealt with this, we dealt. See, that's, raise, raise your kids right. Raise them in the word. Right. Never spank them for making mistakes. Right. Spill the milk, make them pit. Make them clean it up. And if they sass you, make it the last time they ever sass a human being on the planet. Make them be looking for their mouth all over the living room. Never mind, I didn't say that. <laughs> I got to tell you one story because I got three minutes. And I'm going to use it. And I've told you the story, but Melanie wants to hear it again. And she wants me to tell it because Wilson has never heard it. And if she tells Wilson, she's going to get it wrong. We, we, we got invited out to a restaurant in Altamont with a couple from our church that had a little boy. It was not raised well. And the three boys went in, set a nice restaurant, went in. We told them, you sit here, here, and here. They, they pulled up in the chair, sat down, put their napkin in their lap, and just sat there real quiet. And then Lisa went around and asked them, what would you like to eat? And we, and we talked to them, and they got, their, they got their orders. 
And they're just very obedient, very good kids. Should be. The other little boy was not. Mom said something to him. He, he, he sassed her. Got the menu and slung it. Just threw a fit. Tried to get down out of the chair and run around the restaurant. Mom and dad got embarrassed. Had to stop talking to us. Go get the little brat, little boy. <laughs> Bring him back. Apologized to us that he was like that. And I said, don't apologize to me. I know where the problem is. It's not him. It's you. And this went on the whole dinner. You can't fellowship around that. No. The kid's a little terrorist. And so finally, we made it through. <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. Uh, we just, we, Lisa and I were there praying in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. You remember this night, don't you? Real, oh, yeah. And we got in a car coming home. And I know which boy said it. I won't tell on him. He said, we were good tonight, weren't we, Mommy? <laughs> I turned around and I said, yeah, y'all boys were. And one of them piped up and said, a little boy was not very good, was he, Daddy? <laughs> I said, no, he wasn't, was he? I said, aren't y'all glad you don't act like that? And he went, yes, sir. <laughs> it was a good little conversation. Yeah. I mean, they're like shocked that kid did not get killed in the restaurant. <laughs> they had never seen that in their life. They... I took, I took one of the boys one day to get a haircut, and I turned, and I said, well, just sit there and read a magazine while I get a haircut. And I, I went and got a haircut, and the lady says, how'd you get him to do that? I said, do what? Well, he's just sitting there. I said, you don't want to know. You train a child in the way he wants to go, and when he's older, he won't depart from you. You've got to train, you've got to teach him right and wrong. Yeah. Folks, you're going to have to do right and wrong yourself. Yeah. If, if, you're, if your home is out of order, don't start with anybody. You start tonight with you. Start tonight with you. If you're, if you're not reading Ephesians chapter 4, you begin tonight. You go home and you go, okay, I got my assignment from God. Folks, it's time for the body of Christ to kick it up a notch. It's time for us to start walking the walk and talking the, the, the walk we talk. Amen. Are y'all okay? I'm trying to close, Zach. I really am. All right. I, exactly 15 after. That's awesome, isn't it? Father God, I want to thank you for this evening. I want to thank you for the prophet um, Kevin Zadi and what you said to him. And it resonated with my soul. I think it's resonating with all of us as we sit and watch our nation. And we have to take a certain amount of responsibility for what's going on in our country because we really have been too quiet. We all have, and I have, and I think all of us will recognize that we raised our voice late, but we're raising it now. I'm going to ask that this church experience a move of God, but we're not waiting on you. Like some people think we're trying to pray you down. We're not trying to pray you down. I think you're waiting on us. I, for one, have made a decision to read my Bible and fellowship with you every day and to make sure that that fire is burning daily. It's not something I'm waiting on Sunday. Father, I'm coming against lukewarm in, in this church and all the churches. 
and I'm, and I'm taking authority over, over the babies that shouldn't be babies. I pray that the parents in this church start raising their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I pray that we would raise our voice in the, all, in, the, in, the, in the public square now about the things that concern you and righteousness. We love people, but we hate sin. It's a reproach to a nation, Father. And we've allowed too much of it too long. We're not going to allow it anymore. God help the people who voted wicked politicians in. I'm asking you to, to deal with them strongly, to realize that that vote is covenant with corruption. It's wrong. It's very wrong. And I pray that the rest of the church will wake up and begin to take a stand. I thank you for the preachers in America that are starting to stand up and the Christians who, who are standing now, letting their voice heard. We're not arrogant, Father. And we love God and we love people. But we're not going to let our nation go to hell in a handbasket. I'm not. And I'm not. I, I will never concede. <laughs> I will never close these doors. Father God, thank you for your grace and mercy. Help our president at this time. Help him. Help the CIA, help the men of God. Every corrupt politician, I call them, I call them out of office. I, come, I pray them out of the seats they sit in. I pray there's people who go to jail now. I'm asking, there's people who need to go to jail. Why would they stop being wicked if there's no punishment, Father? There needs to be, there needs to be punishment for the things that are done. They are violating a nation. They don't have a right to do it. I pray over this church right now and the children's church and the children that are growing up in this church. I pray they would be twice the sons and daughters of God that we are. I pray they'd be on fire from the early age. I mean, the time they step out of the children's church, I mean, they, they're, they're just fireballs for Jesus. They know right from wrong and they live right and they obey and they're better Christians than we are. I pray the youth would experience a strong move of God and as they turn back to God and learn what repentance is. Father, I did it. It's very possible at 22 years of age to turn from sin to God. I did it. If there's anybody in the sound of my voice right now who's not living for God, I'm asking you to begin dealing with their heart. It's, 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 it's not okay to call yourself a Christian and to live a half-baked, lukewarm life. All he did for you, taking your place on the cross, and you treat him the way you do, by living like the devil. Stop it. Stop that. No more, no more. We're not living like that anymore. In Jesus' name. Something else he said to to Kevin Zaddy, and I'm going to close with this. He said, I want you to know that you're going to lose friends now. If everyone likes you, there's something wrong. Yeah, and that you need to hear that because there's people who, they're not going to go, they're not going to walk with God. You know, we don't preach a lot on being persecuted, but you might want to hear a good sermon on it one every once in a while. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all they had to do was just sing the song. They didn't have to throw such a fit. Or did they? 
They got their name in the Bible. That's pretty good. They got to meet Jesus at, at the barbecue. When the order came out for Daniel to stop praying, he opened a window. <laughs> he got right in the window and said, let's go, baby. I know. Listen, folks, are y'all in agreement with this? I want you to do me a favor. Raise your voice. I don't, I don't mean be ugly with people. We're talking issues now. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. There's people that need to hear from you. You're sitting around Thanksgiving dinner and someone starts talking about something wrong. Just go, I don't agree with that. Well, they might kick you off Facebook, but that's okay. They might kick you out of the Thanksgiving dinner table. I don't know. They might. Jesus got kicked out of his own church. That's pretty good. They had to kick me out of this one. I was going to say yet, but I don't want to confess that. Y'all have a great night. Remember, it's Veterans Day. We got veterans here tonight. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button, or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.